0: Do you sometimes wonder how you could truly have an impact when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging? How do you know you are moving in the right direction when it comes to becoming a more inclusive individual? As Diverse As Two Peas In A Pod brings topics such as ethnicity, genders, sexuality, religion on the table. We talk about research and science, but also emotions, feelings, and vulnerability. We discuss allyship, advocacy, privilege. But most importantly, we talk action. Because without action, we stay still. And when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, stillness is never the answer. Welcome to As Diverse As Two Peas in a Pod. In this episode of As Diverse As Two Peas in a Pod, I have the pleasure to welcome John and Mark. John and Mark X. Cronin are the father-son team that created John's Crazy Socks, a social enterprise with a mission to spread happiness. They bootstrapped their business into the world's largest sock store. John is not only a business owner, but he has Down syndrome. Every day, John and Mark show what people with differing abilities can do. And more than half their colleagues have a differing ability. And they show their gratitude through their Giving Back program that has raised nearly $500,000 for their charity partners. Most of all, they are spreading a happiness one pair of socks at a time. Welcome to another episode of As Diverse As Two Peas in a Pod. Welcome everyone for uh, this episode of As Diverse As Two Peas in a Pod. Today I have two wonderful guests. First time, actually, they have two guests um, and I, I can't wait to... Hear about their story. Hear about everything that they're doing. Wonderful things. Um, so welcome, welcome John, welcome Mark, um, to as diverse as two peas in a pod.
1: Julian, we're so happy to
0: be
2: Thanks here. Thanks, so I'm really happy to be here. We've
0: been looking
1: forward to this conversation.
2: I really appreciate it.
0: Well, very much looking forward to it as well. It's been it's been a while since we've we discussed about it. So I'm glad we we got here today and we're managing to um, to really go a little bit more into your story and what you've achieved and, and all the wonderful things that you're working on. So let's, let's jump right in. And I'm going to ask you my, my usual first question, which is, what's your story?
1: Our story. Our story. Well, let's see. A lot of stories, but we're father-son, right? Yes. You're, the, you're the son. I'm the son. You want to introduce us?
2: Yeah, dad. I'm John. To my point, I'm Mark. We are John Crazy Socks.
1: And we've created a business called John's Crazy Socks. Yeah, we are. What's our mission? Brain Happiness. Um, and the business is uh, it's a slightly different business model. It's a social enterprise. Mm-hmm. So we have both a social and a business mission, and they're indivisible. Um, so we can tell that sh- story. And where the business is at today? Well, how many different socks do we have? We have 4,000 different kind of socks. 4,000 different socks, which means John mm-hmm. here owns the world's largest sock store. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> And we have shipped 380,000 packages to 88 different countries, including yep. Romania. Um, we have raised over $500,000 for our charity partners. We've been able to create 34 jobs. Mm-hmm. 22 of those are held by people with differing abilities. Um, mostly, we're out trying to spread some happiness. Right. So that's kind of the story, isn't it? Yes, that. Um, we can tell you our origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, our, You know, origin stories matter. They give us our DNA. Um, you know, in ours... We grew, as many of your listeners may, you know, we find in their businesses. It came out of, in part, necessity. Mm-hmm. So you have to go back a little more than five years, about five and a half years ago, to the fall of 2016. And where were you?
2: I was at Huntington I've got to be my last year, school.
1: Now, here's something you got to know about, John. John, like many of us, There are a lot of different aspects to John. You are an entrepreneur. Yes, I am. And now you're a sock tycoon. Yes. You're a public speaker. Yes, I am. You're a philanthropist. Yes. You're an athlete. Yes, I am. You're a dancer. Yes. You're a boyfriend.
2: Yes, I am. I'm very smooth. Very smooth. And you happen to have Down syndrome. I do. I have Down syndrome. Down
1: syndrome never hold me back. Now John Down syndrome does not define John. This is part of him. The same way all those other aspects are. But now back in the fall of 2016, John is getting ready to leave school. And what were you looking to do? I'm, I'm looking at job
2: program and school. I don't like the option. I don't
1: like. Did you see any options he liked? And that, unfortunately, is a reality for too many people with a disability. Mm -hmm. There just aren't enough options. In the United States alone, only one in five people with a disability are employed. It's an awful situation. Mm -hmm. But John here, he is a natural entrepreneur. You didn't see a job you wanted. What were you going to do? I want to create one. I want to make one. (laughs) <laughs> she said, well, make a, I'm just going to make a job. What did you
2: tell me? I said, I want to go eat to with my dad and nice fathers I've been together.
1: This sounded like great fun. Yeah, it is. So, so, Julian, I'm a lucky man. Yes, you are. Okay, yes, I've got three sons, and this is one I could work with.
2: Yes, <laughs> I am. Mm-hmm.
1: So, okay, what were we going to do? Well, Julian, you work with entrepreneurs. You know they have ideas all the time. And some of them are good ideas. (laughs) So what was one of your ideas? One of them is a food truck.
2: A kind of idea from the movie Chef and John Farrow. Mm That movie about a father and son buying a food truck.
1: And a food truck sounded like a fun idea. Yep. We're thinking, (laughs) what could we make? Where would we put it? Uh, but we ran into a problem. We can't cook. Yeah, we can cook. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't. That good, that, be... that could that
0: could be an issue indeed for the food truck.
1: <laughs> but then, in the end of November, right before mm-hmm. the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday, John had his Eureka moment.
2: I did. I want to sell crazy socks. Why socks? It's fun. It's colorful. It's creative.
1: It's always Let me be me. Yes. John had worn these crazy socks his whole life. Mm -hmm. So we figured this. If John loved them that much, surely other people would too. And we could find our tribe. So at that point, we decided to go the lean startup route. Forget about the business plan. Let's just get something up and running and see how customers respond. That will tell us whether or not we had some. So we built a website out on the Shopify platform. We got a little bit of inventory. Yes, We were bootstrapping. So you got to make do with what you have. Mm -hmm. So the only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page. And I would take out my cell phone and we made videos. And who do you think was in those videos? I am. I talk about
2: suck, 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 (laughs)
1: suck. And we noticed something. All of a sudden, people started sharing those videos. And what day did we open? We on the Friday, December ninth, two thousand sixteen. We weren't sure what to expect, but that first yeah. day, we got what felt like a flood of orders. We got mm-hmm. forty-two orders the very first day, and most of them were local. We live in a town called Huntington. You were in the high school. Yes. We had temporary office space there. So most of them were from Huntington. And what did we do with those first orders? Our home deliveries. Home deliveries. Like, we got red boxes. Red box. We put the socks in the box. Yeah, a, and we looked at it and said, this needs something else. Yeah,
2: I put a thank you note.
1: John wrote thank you notes. Yes, yeah, I buy candy and 100 kisses. We got candy. We got bags of Hershey's Kisses. Poured in the little chocolate pieces, loaded up the car, and drove around. And you knocked on doors. I did. They handed out socks.
2: I did. I with socks.
1: How the customers respond?
2: Customers loved it. They shared, uh, "They took a picture with their socks and said on social media." Word
1: a spread. Word began to spread. We had customers ordering again just to get John to come back to their door. It was awesome. So by the end of that month, really two weeks, mm-hmm. we had shipped 452 orders. We had $13,000 US in revenue. And we knew we had something. Mm-hmm. That we could grow this business. We learned three things. One.
2: Well, people want to buy socks.
1: People want to buy socks. They like this idea. Right. And two. Two, people
2: want, want to buy socks for me.
1: They wanted to buy from John. That's right. They related to the personal touch of the thank you Mm -hmm. note and the candy. They liked the fact we had already pledged 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. They liked the idea of a young man with Down syndrome Mm -hmm. starting his own business. Mm -hmm. And, And you know this as a coach, you learn by doing. Mm-hmm. So we learned that this young man, this old man, and this old man, we could sell socks. Okay, old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how we got started, and it's grown from that into the large. You know, we're still a small business, but into the much larger enterprise that we have mm-hmm. today.
0: That is that is such a wonderful story, and and you know the the first thing that came to my mind when you shared about this first day and delivering on the door was. It's, it's like Santa Claus knocking on your door every time you make an order. <laughs> it's and wonderful. Like, I, I'm not surprised people are reordering just for you to come and knock on the door. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to find a way for you to knock on my door in Romania to deliver me some socks. We'll have to work on <laughs> oh, it. I'm
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I coming tomorrow. I'm, you're tomorrow?
0: Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> Sounds well, good. I'm looking is-
1: forward to it. Here's the thing, Julian. Like you know, we we told you now we ship around the world, but if we get an order between our office and home, what are you doing at night? Um, I, I I do a home delivery. Still doing home deliveries. Yeah. Um, and when we go out of town, you know, we travel now. The pandemic ending or these people traveling again, we look to see do we have any orders for that town. So. We can travel, and John will knock on doors. You like doing
0: that, don't yeah, you? I do. That's I, I. I love it. I think it's a. It, it's such a wonderful thing is you, you did, and and you're doing at the moment. And what well, what I love about it as well is, as you said, it is about, it is about the, that personal touch. It is about that individuality and that uniqueness. But at the same time, a uniqueness, as you, as you mentioned, that is made out of. Many different things. Uh, I'll actually really love the smooth boyfriend. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you could do you could do more than just socks. Maybe you should talk about that at some point as well. Well, it's, <laughs> you
1: know, we have built the business. You know, well, well, first, it's really important that we know what we're about. Mm. We know who we are and what we're trying to do, and that mission of spreading happiness. You know, businesses. They frequently, they get that mission statement, they put it on the wall, and no one pays any attention. This drives everything we do. And we talk about it all the time. It's the criteria we use for the decisions we make. And we have built the business on five pillars that together create a sum greater than the parts. Mm -hmm. So the five pillars are...
2: it's in hope, give it back, um, fun products you can love, make it personal and make it a great place to work.
1: Right. If we have a mission to spread happiness, we have to start with that fifth pillar make it a great place to work. Mm-hmm. How can we make customers or the community happy unless our colleagues are happy? So we got to create a workplace where mm-hmm. there's a mission in which they can believe in which everybody knows why their job is important, where we put people in a position to succeed, where we say thank you and recognize the work that they do, and then stay out of the way. Let people do their jobs, right? So there's that. The making it personal, yes, that's exemplified by the thank you note and the candy, and that still goes in every package. But you also on every package will see the name and the picture of the person who packed your order. Because there's a personal connection. And that personal connection has to drive through everything we do. So I'll give you a couple easy examples. If you call here, you never get voice jail. You call, you're gonna talk to an actual person, one of our happiness creators. You're going to, we don't have scripts. We don't time the phone calls. You're going to have an actual human conversation with someone who's going to try to make you happy or, or take email. And I'm sure you have businesses listening to you and you understand that your email list is one of your most important assets. And here's the reality as a retail store. Every time we send out an email to our customers, do an email. One
2: possibility is be
1: wild. I'm sorry about that. Mm -hmm. Every time we get a little blip in sales. So it's really tempting to send out a lot of emails. Mm -hmm. And I get three or four emails a day from some companies. But you don't want that. You know, if we're building a personal connection you give us your email, you trust us with that email. So we keep paring that list down. We only send emails to people who open them. If you stop opening our email, we get the message, we'll stop sending it to you. Mm-hmm. And we only send out two a week. And one of them is a Friday email from John. Yes. We're not selling anything. It's just John sharing what's going on in his life, sharing mm-hmm. some news, right? And it's fun. And so we get a 40 plus percent open rate because we're engaging with people. So that personal piece is really important. Then it's fun products you can love. We don't sell junk. We don't just sell anything. Everything we sell has to spread happiness. And who has to approve it? I am. John has to approve everything we sell. Absolutely. If John can't get behind it, We won't sell it. But we also have to make sure we deliver on that promise. Yes, we have a social mission, but the business operations have to be rock solid. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a great website and great selection. With 4,000 socks, we got more than anybody else. Absolutely. The products have to be great. We have over 29,000 five-star reviews. And the service has to be great. We do same day shipping. We do better shipping than Amazon. And Jeff Bezos over at Amazon, he's not putting a thank you note and candy in those packages. I do. You got to have that to make sure you're delivering on the goods. Then there's the giving back. It's not enough to just sell stuff. Mm -hmm. You got to connect. You got to give back. So we start by pledging 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. And why the Special Olympics?
2: I am a Special Olympic
1: athlete. John's a Special Olympic athlete, as are many of our colleagues. Many of us have coached in the Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. That's been so important and so valuable. If there were no Special Olympics, there'd be no John's crazy socks. And so the giving back is very important we've created products <clears throat> that celebrate causes, raise awareness for those causes, and raise money for those causes. So what was uh, our first awareness? One of
2: them is down to the awareness, awareness that's going to the NASA down to
1: that, And John designed that sock. And now we have autism awareness socks and yeah. cerebral palsy. I, I, I am a league. We On Friday, we introduced our um, the, um, sign language socks i love mm-hmm. you um and that charity partner is a school for the deaf because yeah. it's all about giving back uh, we also sponsor an autism can do scholarship mm-hmm. so <clears throat> everybody who buys from us becomes a philanthropist they become part of that giving back program yeah. and then there's the most important pillar it's ready to end hope. We want to show what's possible. In a broad sense, <clears throat> we want to show the power of the social enterprise. Well mm-hmm. so you have to care more than just about your owners. You've got to care about all your stakeholders, your, co- your colleagues, your customers, the community, the environment. But more specifically for us, we want to show what people with differing abilities can do. So we start with John. You've Down Syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have Down Syndrome. We don't hide John in the back. Yep, mm-hmm. I got to be in the
2: front. I, I'm in face of the company.
1: You're the face of the company. We've been able to create 34 jobs. 22 of those are held by people with different abilities. Mm-hmm. And that's not enough. We want to show the world. So we create content all the time that we share yeah. on our social media. You know, we... Facebook, Instagram, now TikTok videos. Yes. Uh, No broccoli, nothing that your mother is going to say, sit down, this is good for you. Right. Right? It's got to be fun and show people as they are. We host um, school, we host tours for schools and and host work groups. And they come from schools and social service agencies. With the pandemic, we moved those online. So we've had schools (laughs) from around the world. Yeah, Come and take a tour and see. Oh, look what you can do. We do a lot of public speaking, and and that's fun. Now, you know, that's why we're so grateful that you have us on your podcast. And now we have a podcast. What's it called?
2: The Happiness podcast.
1: Spread and Happiness podcast. Yes. But we've done two TEDx talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've spoken before large corporate gatherings, you know, mm-hmm. 5,000 people at a Microsoft conference. We've spoken at colleges and universities and high schools. Anything we can to get out and say, look, look what can happen. Look what can happen when you take a chance and give someone a chance. And we do advocacy work. So we've testified twice before the U.S. Congress. We've spoken at the United Nations. We routinely meet with legislators here Mm -hmm. advocating for the rights of people with different abilities. When you roll all that up, you get John's crazy socks.
2: Pretty
0: neat, huh? Very neat. I, th- I think it's a good. That's a good word to um, to close that that story that you shared about how you got here. Indeed, It's pretty neat, definitely. And um, and thank you so much for sharing this. I think it's it's. It's such a wonderful thing to 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 hear and to listen to and and to see how it it has grown as well and all the work that you're doing I think it's it's wonderful and and the first thing that came to my mind actually is I need to send you my uh, my daughter's school because I think these are the kind of things that they would love to see and and even more as well and, and and I'll come back to maybe some some other questions but even more because I think um in in Romania unfortunately there is a lot of um lack in in, in some of that awareness, first of all, but as well in some of the facilities and the, um, the possibilities for a lot of people with different abilities. And um, and I think it would, it's it's a great thing that, uh, I'm, I'm very happy, I'm very, I, I'm extremely grateful to have you on the podcast so I can spread as well the word outside of um, of places maybe where we don't talk about these kind of things. So thank you so much again. One question I wanted to ask you is because clearly you've had a, a wonderful journey. You said it's a bit more than five years now. What are some of the challenges that you've, um, you've, uh, you've had along the way? And what are some of the learnings from those challenges?
1: Well, we've had the challenges that any small business will have. You know, one of the things we try to share, particularly with students, right, it's not a question of will things go wrong? It's only a question of when will they go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, some of them have been relatively minor or even funny, like that very first weekend we started. Back that Friday, what time were we going to open?
2: Uh, are we going to open uh, at ten morning?
1: Or what happened?
2: Our website crashed. I said on my dad.
1: Our website crashed because our webmaster, who was me at the time, screwed something up. So we didn't open till three in the afternoon. Um, you learn you know we put the candy in every package when we started. What candy did we put in? The kisses Hershey's kisses. Everybody loved the little chocolates mm-hmm. until we got the email from the woman in Florida saying, you may not want to send things to the south. you know, send chocolate to the south because it's melting. um so you learn that our our bigger challenge we We grew rapidly. And growth, um, while everybody wants it, growth can kill you. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had two particular challenges. One, we needed to develop the manufacturing capability to support what we were doing. And two, we were bootstrapping. Well, it becomes expensive to grow, particularly because of the inventory you have to buy. Mm -hmm. so we found ourselves in some challenging financial situations and we we were considering we're looking for a partner or investors and uh you know referring to like the the fairy tales right we had to kiss a lot of frogs before we found our prince um and became difficult and but we then found the right strategic partner, a Mm -hmm. third generation family business that's been manufacturing socks for 60 years. Um, They shared our values. They made them for department stores and brand names, but it never sold directly to consumers. And here we were selling directly to consumers. and We had a brand of our own. Uh, So it's been a very good fit, but that's been a big challenge. That was a challenge to find the right investor, the right partner for us to work
0: with. No, that makes complete sense. And one thing, I mean, one thing I wanted to, I'm very curious about as well, because I think this is one of the topics from the podcast, obviously. You have a very, very diverse team. And what difference has that made? How do you see um, this diversity actually truly helping everything that you're doing day in, day out? Okay, so
1: we'll talk narrowly then more broadly. So narrowly, some of our diversity is hiring people with different abilities. And we'll make the argument that doing so is not altruism, it's good business. It gives us a competitive advantage. In fact, we made a TEDx talk with that very title, to yep. try to share that. So here are some of the specifics. Mm-hmm. Um, One, we run our own, we do our own fulfillment, which means we run our own pick and pack warehouse.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. There's a growing labor shortage in the U.S. It's hard to find enough workers. And yet, we have a surplus of good workers. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to hire people, over the years, we've drawn in our um, warehouse from three labor pools people with different abilities, moms. There's some dads in there, but it's not heavy work. And we schedule people in four-hour shifts. So you can drop your kid off at school in the morning, go to work, leave work, pick your kid up in the afternoon. And then just general laborers. Our starting salary is $15 US. Um, So somebody wants that wage. By far the best labor pool or the people with different abilities. They wanna be here, they're excited, they care, they pay attention, they're very focused. So when other employers were unable to find enough workers, we had plenty of, of staff, we've never had a labor shortage. And it goes beyond that though. It makes us more empathetic and more understanding of others and helps us better connect with our customers. It helps us in one way, because customers see what we're doing and they wanna support that type of business, but it helps in another way. I can't pick socks for everybody. So everybody here helps pick socks. Everybody has different views and, and that comes into play. So Nazira, who's recently, gotten, you know, this past year got out of college and she's a black young woman. She brings a different point of view than this, you know, fat old white guy brings. Um, Hers is not more valid than mine. Mine's not more valid than hers, but having those different points of view in the mix and everything, you know, in between makes us a stronger company and gives us more resilience.
0: That makes sense. It makes complete sense, and I think, I mean, you you're talking about a, a topic that is very close to my heart as well, that resilience piece, and and it's such an important thing. I think we forget, especially with the the, the, the times we're in and the times we've been in in the last few years, resilience is very important, and um and and creating that diversity. And that inclusion actually supports how more resilient we become and vice versa. I think the more resilient we become, the more inclusive we are as one. Well. So yes, it, it's a, it's a very important point.
1: It allows different paths forward. It helps us see and understand more. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, take the pandemic. We did not plan for a pandemic. right? Most businesses did not, um, So how do you respond? Well, you have to be resilient. You have to know what you're about. You gotta know, and you gotta know your mission, your purpose, because that provides you with your North Star, and you gotta know your values. When things are really hard, that's when they're really important. Mm -hmm. So how did we respond to the pandemic? First, we had to protect everybody's health. Much of our workforce is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So we had to make sure everybody was safe. Second, you look to see how can we adapt. So we do, We host school tours, we could move those online. What does that open up? Well, now we've had school groups from Japan, from India, from Scotland, from uh, you know, um, Spain and Portugal and South America and across the United States come for tours. We we had to move our speaking engagements online. The same thing, that opened up the world. We wanted to do something for frontline workers. So we created healthcare superhero socks to say thank you. And they raised over $50,000 for frontline nurses. But then what else can we do? How can we not just adapt, But how else can we respond? Well, let's see. We could sell masks. So we created masks with our own designs. We have a mission to spread happiness. Everybody's locked down. How can we spread happiness? Well, what do you do every Tuesday afternoon?
2: I hold Identify every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Easter time.
1: John hosts an online dance party. What better way to spread fun? We started hosting a Facebook live show at seven o'clock Eastern time every mm-hmm. Thursday that has now spawned the spreading happiness podcast, but it was just ways that we could reach out and continue to spread happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that comes about because of the people we work with. Mm-hmm. Cause when you have diversity, you have more creativity.
0: And so th- thinking about um, young people coming out of high school um, in, in similar situations where John was uh, five years ago, what, what would be an advice that you would give them? Well, one part is don't worry.
1: You know, um, your late teens, your twenties, that's a time you can take chances and experiment that's a time to invest in yourself. So, you know, one part is you go on to college. I know a lot of folks are down on college now. But to me, you go to a university to find out what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And be always be wary about training for a specific yeah. job. Because technology is upending things. Right? When I'm old, so when I get out of college, there was no internet. There were no cell phones. It mm-hmm. didn't exist yet you know, the fax machine had not yet come and now it's come and gone. Um, but the other is don't, you know, we have an aesthetic here of ready, fire, aim. Mm-hmm. Don't overthink things. Go and do it. And just keep learning from everything you do. I mean, I, I can share my own, you know, some of my own background. When I was young, And first thing I did when I graduated high school, I hitchhiked out to Colorado. I hitchhiked cross country in the U.S. I hitchhiked three times cross country and down throughout the South. And I hitchhiked around Europe. When I did that, I got to meet so many people and see so many things. And you know, part of it is a car would pull over. You run to get in that car. Now, you got to size up that driver. you got to figure out how you're going to get along. Because that could be a 10-minute ride or a 10-hour ride. Mm-hmm. Well, you do that a few hundred times. And you're going to learn something. Right? I, I attended bar in New York City. I sold T-shirts on the streets of New York City. It wasn't a great business, but boy, did I learn things. Mm-hmm. And here they are 40 years later. And it's still part of the education. That yeah, makes sense, um, but I'll I'll leave one last thing. I was looking at a picture of some of my lifelong friends, people I went to high school with, and there were five of us there today. One of them, Cliff, is a cardiothoracic surgeon and leads a major uh, surgical program. Another is the chief operating officer at a major medical center. Another is the executive vice president for a water company. Another is a lawyer, and he owns half the town that he wound up settling in. And the fifth person is me. If you knew us in high school, you weren't pointing to the five of us and saying, oh, they're all going to make it. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty, even into our 20s. And so I kind of wanted to take that picture and show it to teenagers and college students and their parents and say, relax. It's all going to be okay. Everything's going to be just fine. Don't don't feel so much pressure. You don't have to figure out your life at age 21. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I know you have advice for people. What's your advice? I do.
2: My advice, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Work hard
1: so you can do. Show what you can do. Pretty good, buddy.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And the, the, the thing that I find very interesting is I asked you a question about how these, these young people, like, say, what would be their advice? But I feel like that advice is uh, is applicable for every single one of us at yes. any point in yeah. in our life, relaxing, slowing down, and then following our heart and and yeah, going with the flow, I think it's it's a wonderful advice to have. One one thing I wanted to to ask you as well, because of the experience you have, is thinking about um organizations out there. Um, because you've I mean you've done a, a great job being very inclusive when it comes to different abilities, uh, but not all organizations are, some of them because they don't necessarily know where to start. Um, so how would you Um, what would you say are some of the things that we can concretely do to be more inclusive of people with different abilities?
1: Well, first, you have to change your attitude and be willing and recognize the value in hiring people. Every employer wants to hire the best possible people given their salary. Mm -hmm. If you artificially exclude a whole group of people then by definition, you can't get the best possible plays. Yep. Right? In the United States, you know, a famous example, there was a period of time when if you were black, you could not play Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. In nineteen forty seven, they broke their colour barrier. Jackie Robinson broke the colour barrier, playing for a team called the Brooklyn Dodgers. The first three teams to integrate were the Brooklyn Dodgers, the Cleveland Indians, and the then New York baseball giants. Well, if you think about them as businesses, what happened? They all became the best teams in baseball. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they were now getting the best possible players. They didn't artificially exclude anybody. Yeah. So the first thing is make sure that's what happened. Second, you have to look at yourself And you have to ask questions. What biases are we building in our hiring process? What limitations? So I'll give you an example. you probably heard of this small software company in Redmond, Washington called Microsoft. Mm -hmm. So Microsoft is in fierce competition to hire programmers and other people with technical skills. So one day they asked, how come we don't hire anybody with autism because many people with autism have very great technical skills.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I could have told them the answer. It's your hiring process because that person with autism may not look you in the eye or shake your hand. Mm -hmm. So Microsoft was pretty smart. They said, oh, that's our problem. And they changed their hiring process. Now they hire lots of people with autism. And it gives them a competitive advantage. Yeah. So that's what you do. And and you know you look at your hiring process, and you look at your job descriptions and assignments, and ask, you know, when you say, "Oh, you need college for this, or you need this experience," is that real? Do you really need that? Um, we recently hired uh, a woman to join us. And her happiness created job, a customer service type job. And when we did the first cut of resumes, she wasn't in the pile to look at. But I went back and, you know, I went over the first pile and I said, wait a second. This woman looks like she could be really good. And the person who had called the resume said, yeah, but she doesn't have any customer service experience. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Look at the experience she does have. Right? And it turns out that's who we hired and she's been awesome. She's been great. Right? So those are some concrete things you can
0: do. Mm. And, 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 uh, and I love that. And you're right. I mean, changing the, the way we look at things first and, and taking ownership of making yeah. those changes and realizing actually it is our responsibility to change the process, to look at what would work so we can have that diversity coming to us rather than control, what,
1: yes, control what you can control, let go what yeah. you can't but look at yourself first what yes. can we do mm-hmm.
0: yeah well that's, that has been a wonderful conversation I love it and and I know we could be here for much much longer but I want to really lot. thank you both <laughs> for being here, I do have one last question and that's quite because you said he's the one in charge when it comes to uh, to choosing the socks. So, John, I want to ask you one question. Out of the 4,000 socks that you have, which one is your favorite?
2: My favorite is a this from superhero socks. That's oh, just I my that. design. And, uh,
1: and, and I your know, picture is on my the socks. <laughs> <straw.
0: laughs> <That's my> favorite. <laughs> That's why, and man. Where
1: can people find mm-hmm. us?
2: Mm-hmm. I, 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 you can find us at johnscrazysocks.com.
1: Johnscrazysocks.com. You can sign up for the dance party there. You can see our podcast, the Spreading Happiness podcast. Yep.
0: And if you're, you're, you're pre- present on Facebook and Instagram, I believe, as well. Yeah,
1: Facebook, yes. Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok everywhere
0: well if anyone is interested to reach out um I'll, I'll share all the links as well when i publish the podcast so go into the notes and have a look at the the different links um, Make um the most out of it once again john mark it's been a pleasure to have you i'm really really grateful that you've been here i hope we're going to have another conversation actually um, maybe one of these days when you come over and deliver a pair of socks to me, That'd be knocking, knocking That'd on the great. door, we can do a, a second round. But in the meantime, thanks so much. Uh, good luck with everything. Continue doing an amazing job as you're thank doing you. and uh, changing the world. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Julian.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook or YouTube at As Diverse As Two Peas in a Pot. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.